0: This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions.
1: With over two billion devices globally now featuring the voice of Alexis, Siri or Google Assistant and a recent report that over half of Irish households will own a smart speaker in the next four years, a huge shift in consumer behavior has begun. Is the era of the digital assistant upon us? Are we about to see a fundamental change in how Irish consumers communicate with brands? In order to gain clarity to this question and to better understand consumer views and expectations, iProspect surveyed over 10,000 respondents across the world in the last two years. What can Irish brands learn from other countries around the world in order to prepare for this era of the digital assistant? Welcome to episode two of Inside Marketing. I read you out an excerpt there from an article in the Irish Times called The Era of the Digital Assistant, and today we're joined in studio by the author of that article, COO, of digital performance agency, iProspect, Mark Fagan, and we're also joined on the line by Nate Shirilla, global director of commerce and voice from iProspect in Japan. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Aidan. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. So our focus today is digital assistants, chatbots, and voice. Mark, let's come to you first. Let's share a definition of what a digital assistant is. Sure. Digital assistant
0: software program that helps us navigate our iPhone, be our car, smart speaker at home, so that the brands that we've begun to know and love, such as Alexa and Siri, have become much more prevalent. These assistants are beginning to help people not only navigate the web, but navigate their daily routine. So having a big impact on consumer habits.
1: Nate, do you want to jump in there?
2: Yeah. We're seeing these digital assistants basically taking over these sundry tasks that we have throughout the day, the things that kind of cause friction from what we actually want to do throughout the day. So being able to turn to an Alexa or a Siri or a Google Assistant and have them you know, tell you what kind of be wearing today or how the weather is or to play some of your favorite music, it takes a little bit of that stress out of the, the daily life. And they're only going to continue to evolve from here and become even more helpful for us to basically make our lives a lot easier.
1: And, Mark, I read your Irish Times article, and in it, you cite some of the latest stats by Juniper Research. Two billion devices with digital assistance are in operation today, eight billion devices will be in use globally by 2023. And $80 billion is the value of voice commerce by 2023. Huge numbers.
0: Yeah, big numbers. And I I think the first thing we need to, you know, as an industry, um, sometimes we don't help ourselves and we sometimes get lost up in the hyperbole of the latest consumer trends. And they are big numbers. And, you know, some of them are quite nebulous. Eight billion devices, you know, the question would be of those eight billion, how many would be active daily users? How many of them would be transacting? through a Siri or a Google Assistant, but our research does tell us that a huge proportion of people are starting to use these. And I think what's really interesting from our research is we're starting to look at regions such as Asia-Pacific, Latin America, where the use of these assistants is much higher than maybe in Europe. We found in India, for example, over 80% of people who we surveyed are using these assistants on a day-to-day basis. Even myself, I use it when I'm cooking at home to listen to Spotify. I have a Google Home device. I've used Alexa. I was in the US recently and I, I was using Alexa to order an Uber. You know, there's two reasons why people are using it. The first is general curiosity. And the second is convenience because the more the AI that underpins all of these, you know, the, the more you use them, the, the better they get to know you and it becomes easier to use. That. And I think a key insight that we've pulled from our data is that when people start using them, the use becomes more prevalent. They, they don't stop using them that's why once we figure out you know some of the challenges and we can talk about these a little bit later on around transparency and trust how you actually transact using these and because the experience is a little bit clunky right now if you want to book a hotel room or a flight it's you know it's it's something that can take a lot more time than using a mobile device but if you hark back to 15 years ago, if I was to tell you that you're going to be able to purchase a flight with essentially two or three taps of your iPhone through your Aer Lingus app, you may have laughed at me. And I do think it's having a huge impact on consumer habits. I think it's going to be a big opportunity for brands, but there are some hurdles to overcome first.
1: Yeah. And one of those things is you mentioned there, the more you use it, the better it gets because we're feeding it more data. And they you'll see this obviously in Asia much bigger internet population so therefore much bigger data sets in order to feed the devices but also there seems to be a more of a cultural acceptance of using chatbots using voice assistant, et etc what are you seeing over there
2: yes exactly what you're saying there is a very high adoption rate of voice here in apac and what we see kind of driving adoption is we can kind of separate a lot of the countries into two categories there's typically kind of the more dynamic countries. And then there's the more conservative countries. And so the conservative ones are places like Japan or Singapore or Australia. uh, And they're similar to, you know, the West and Europe in the sense that they've enjoyed a high quality of some time. And so because of that, they are a hair slower to kind of adopt these new technologies. And they're a little bit wary at first. Whereas these dynamic countries like China, India, Indonesia, you know, they're coming online at the fastest rate in the world and they're using voice assistance at the same rate. So these people are very used to change. If you look at the economies of these, these types of countries over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, the amount of progress that they have made is truly staggering. And so the only thing that's been consistent for them is change and the adoption of new technologies and new thought processes. So when something like a Google assistant or an Alexa or, you know, a Baidu digital assistant comes out, people are very interested and they want to try it. They want to be on the cutting edge. And because of that, it drives the consumer behavior. And then that turns into progress and growth for the companies that are driving it
1: and once you have that usage then what kind of brands are you seeing taking advantage of that usage so the early adopters of chatbots of voice of digital assistance we've actually
2: seen a, a very interesting spread from obviously you know the types of you know airlines or car companies things like you know renting a car or reserving a test drive Obviously, you know, airplanes, booking travel and hotels, booking an Uber. But then we see interesting things in places you wouldn't expect, like maybe financial institutions. So we've worked with, for example, banks and the banks will have typical features like, you know, how is my credit score and am I able to take out a loan or, you know, get a new credit card? But then it goes another step further beyond the typical financial realm into A city guide, for example, so where in this country can I use my credit card to get bonus points or what kind of exclusive offers are available in this neighborhood? And so this financial institution then is able to tap into voice to get out, you know, a message about the benefits of their card. And then in turn, that helps with exploring the city.
1: Let's bring it to Ireland. What kind of brands are you seeing jumping on the very early crest of wave here in Ireland? It is early days.
0: It is. And Nate's touched on it when we talk about some of the conservative markets. And if you look at the data around Europe, it's it's undoubtedly, you know, we're a little bit behind the curve, you know, when you compare ourselves to markets such as Indonesia or India or China. It's early days, but... The Irish Times cited a a report recently that, you know, over 50% of households will have a smart speaker in the next three or four years. If you come back to the stats you called out at the start of the conversation, there's five billion mobile devices today. You know, Irish consumers, you know, the majority of Irish consumers own a mobile device. These are now embedded with a digital assistant. So I think the use is going to increase. There isn't a killer app that we've seen, you know, you you start to see some of the bigger brands who started to use this. Personally, I think that it's going to take a little bit more time for us as Irish consumers to start using um, more of these apps with a utility, ordering a pizza, ordering some food, buying some clothes through an assistant. It's not there yet, but I think it's we're going to start seeing that crop up over the next 12 to 15 months.
1: I was thinking of a cultural kind of blocker at the moment, which is you don't see many Irish people talking during their commute on the phone because they're kind of embarrassed to do so. And if somebody's doing that, they're usually from overseas <laughs> and they have less of a cultural issue about that. But Nate, what about you? What are you seeing? And Mark, you've spent time overseas in, in Asia and London. What are you guys seeing over there that's more accepting towards voice, towards this kind of open discourse within with AI, essentially?
0: I'll let Nate touch on the the APAC insight. But the the I think one important point around the use of assistance is context. And, you know, are you going to talk into your phone when you're on the Lewis coming into work in the morning? Probably not. Are you going to use your Google Home, Alexa or Siri when you're in the kitchen, when you're in the living room? I would say yes. I think that's what we're starting to see. And it's not just, it's not just mobile devices. We're starting to see it come out in TVs Fridges, even wearables, so Amazon have just launched new amazon earpods it's going to be right time, right place for the consumer. It's not going to be happening all of the time you're not going to be speaking into your phone when you're when you're in the office sitting beside someone as well. So I think context is an
2: important area yeah there's there's lots of interesting things, and i'll I'll start first actually with the u s market, which is where I'm from, but I haven't lived there for like eight years but in the u s they actually in June just passed the fifty percent mark of how many households have smart speakers in them. So they're currently sitting at about 51%, um, which means you know, the amount of access there is is absolutely through the roof. Um, and so when you think of the West, you know the US uh, and a lot of the trends there do tend to come to Europe, they come to Asia, uh, and obviously the other way around. So I think we can definitely see similar things to that in, in Ireland. When it comes to Asia, Uh, And as Mark was saying, context is a very big thing and cultural context is is even bigger. So places, again, like China and India and Indonesia, uh, these countries are are very more, much more open uh, and they're much more, again, dynamic. And so, for example, in China, we saw a huge adoption. And if you go to China, if you go to Hong Kong, or any you know Chinese speaking country, you'll see people just talking into their phones on the subways and in the street. And they'll be sending voice messages, they'll be dictating messages to send, they'll be looking up directions and and other things. Because for them it's it's second nature now. You know, it's it's much more efficient to be able to speak into a device than it is to type it in uh, in the virtual keyboard. And it's more accurate as well. So that usefulness is really driving adoption in Almost all of all of the markets. In places like India, we're seeing some really interesting trends that people that are adopting first, you know, they're the ones that want to be on the next big wave. They want to be seen as trendsetters and and cool. And so they actually view voice as like the next big technical uh, revolution. And so because of that, the adoption is really skyrocketing. And we when we surveyed all of the people in APAC, we had some really interesting responses from the, India about, you know, how they had used voice in the past. And one of my favorites is there is an Indian gentleman who was out on a date with his girlfriend and they didn't have anywhere reserved or any, you know, restaurant picked out. So he pulls out his phone and he says, Hey Google, you know, tell me a, a great restaurant nearby. And so Google, you know, directs him to some nearby restaurant. He goes, they have a great meal. And he's, you know, feeling super cool because he used his Google Assistant in front of his date to show, like, how tech savvy he was. <laughs> now, if you do that in Ireland or here in Japan or somewhere else. You
1: won't me... be on a date if you do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, as you were saying, you know, if, if you did that in one of our markets, you, you would not have a date. You know, your your wife or your girlfriend would say, why didn't you book it in advance? And you know, you'd you'd have a very bad experience. But because of the culture and because of the behaviors and what's, you know, norm normal for them,
1: we do see this very big difference in adoption. So that's the kind of market, that's the trends that are going on. But you guys are essentially advisors, you're consultants to brands. What are you telling brands, in particular here in Ireland, Mark? What are you telling brands? It's early days. What do they need to do? Do they need to build capability? Do they need to just learn the trends, understand how it works, et cetera?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a a few simple things we're, we're we're talking to clients about right now. Definitely, there is a lot of interest in this space. You know that's our role and 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 our clients' role to understand where consumers are going, what you know what's happening next. If you look at the list of tasks, if you like, that that people are doing, you know a lot of them tend to ask questions of Google, for example, you know, from from a search perspective. So, we're advising our clients you know to look at the data start with the consumer understand what they're doing we have seen longer keyword terms for example been used particularly through voice through through digital assistance. so making sure that we've got the right content so you're appearing for the right keywords when when, when people are um, what people are searching that way making sure that speed is key So having a website that's been able to, you know, render quickly that, you know, the content is easily available. And, you know, particularly when they talk to us about skills, which is, you know, if you want to essentially be able to interact through um, Alexa and Amazon, you need to to build a skill. You've got to make sure, you you know, you're not just building a a skill that suits you, you're building a skill that delivers utility to the consumer. And we're we're, we're telling our clients, you know, start small, start small, delivers utility to the consumer Help them and then start learning from that and start seeing how you can build on that it's it's you know it's it's not a we're not in an advanced place yet where uh we're 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 building you know platforms where consumers can transact on for some of our bigger retail clients but we are starting to have conversations around making sure our clients are set up for success
2: over, over the next couple of years
1: nate over your side of the world what are you seeing as mark
2: was saying you know when it comes to building a bot for example We have tons of clients that say, yeah, we want to build something. We want to be on Alexa. We want to be on Google Assistant. We want to be with Siri. But they haven't necessarily thought about what the use case would be. And so we typically, you know, we'll take them through things like, you know, how easy is it to streamline your service into something vocal? Is it something that you can ask for easily? Or is it something that you need to feel and touch to to really be able to do it? Uh, Are you able to, you know, tap into new data sources and then personalize better for the consumer through a bot? Or are you better off, you know, is that irrelevant? And then also things like how frequently would someone use this app one of the use cases that i saw that sounded like a great idea at first was that one that i mentioned about reserving a test drive for a new car because it sounds like yeah you know you can ask for that really easily you can use data to you know help them you know slim down the choices to what they're really interested in but when you think about the frequency of use how often are you you know reserving a test drive for a new car you know maybe once every 4 years if you're lucky in that sense, it kind of you know broke down. But then another thing also that you want to keep in mind is making it fun. And you hear all sorts of you know doomsday prophecies about AI is coming to take everyone's job, and there's going to be an apocalypse, and and all of these things. Uh, and that's you know typical of new technology pretty much across the board. Uh, so making the experience fun does help the consumer kind of to alleviate their fears and to, you know, enjoy the the experience. And obviously, if you have a better experience, a more enjoyable experience, then more people are going to continue to use that and you have a better uh, use case. Some other things that we notice and that we talk to brands about is it is important to get into the game sooner rather than later. And the reason is because that Within you know, a couple of years, we're going to be marketing not only to humans, but we're going to be doing more marketing to machines and to these digital assistants. So in that sense, you know, Google Assistant or Alexa, et cetera, could become basically gatekeepers to the consumer. And so if you don't have, for example, things like a Google shopping feed set up so that the data feeds into the Google Assistant, there's no way that they would recommend your product to the consumer. And if there are things like, you know, response scores on your service or your product, then you might automatically get shut out of being able to use that touch point. So right now, when we do marketing, the main focus is on the consumer and what they want and what drives their behavior. But we are starting to see, you know, things like this beginning with the easiest example is search engine optimization. You're not doing that to make it sound better contextually to someone who's reading it, but you're making it sound better to the Google crawler that's going through the website so that they can categorize it better and that they can then deliver it more easily to the consumer. So we're beginning to see uh, more of that and we'll continue to see
1: more of that as time progresses. With that in mind, what are your watchouts for brands?
0: I think it's quite telling, firstly, that Google haven't announced how they're going to monetize this space. Google are the dominant player in the search space globally and search is a huge part of how people are using assistance. There are challenges around natural language processing or conversation fulfillments and all I mean there is been able to have a straightforward conversation with the assistant in order to be able to get to the end game that you're looking for. So to be able to buy a new jacket yeah, you might want to be able to purchase a flight or purchase a hotel. One of the big um, pieces that we we talk about a lot to our clients you know is around trust data transparency i think this is a new space we need to understand exactly ramifications you know active listening is one element and you would have seen there was some controversy around what apple were doing
1: recently enough in this space as well do you want to share the apple piece because people will be kind of wondering what that is now
2: yeah so basically i mean it was the same with apple and we also saw it with google and amazon as well but with their digital assistants they would have some portions of conversations saved and actual humans would review it. And they would say, you know, did the digital assistant correctly assess, you know, the question and respond yes or no kind of thing. So it was a, a quality assurance type uh, testing for uh, the digital assistants. The problem came about because obviously, um, you know, even if you try to take out of, you know, any important details, there's still things like credit card numbers and personal information and, you know, fun times in the bedroom that make it through to these human monitors. And that's not the kind of data that we want anyone, you know, to have besides ourselves. So because of that, obviously, Apple, Amazon, Google, rightly so, took a bit of a drubbing in the media.
1: So here's a big question. If you zoom out a little bit and you think of The gateway for most of us to the web at the moment is some type of search engine. It's Google, it's Facebook, it's whatever that opening page that we start with. In a voice world, that changes. So for example, Nate, you mentioned earlier on over 50% of US households now have a smart speaker. That means voice becomes the gateway in that world where there's no screen. So that changes the search game. And you mentioned, Mark, earlier on that Google still haven't monetized this space. So it's going to be interesting how this all plays out. It's going
0: to be very interesting. I think if Amazon gets this right, it could be a huge disruptor for the retail space. If you think about the number of households and the number of people who have an Amazon Echo or use Alexa, that is going to change things. Facebook are making interesting moves in this space as well. And there are new business models that are popping up that we're working with with a couple of clients, which is change the game. And, you know, and Amazon have been testing out audio ads. There's slightly different skill sets that are starting to come into this space that maybe a, a search practitioner wouldn't be used to be uh, working in. So there's a whole new area there. It's not just Amazon that auto manuf- manufacturers are investing greatly in this space as well. So you see things like BMW, GM, Ford all making moves in this space. So it is going to become interesting as to who owns that moment, who's able to help the consumer to be able to to fulfill the need or requirement that they have, um, who's going to be able to facilitate that transaction or just simply answer the question to the space. When we look at it from a global perspective, you know, Google still are a very big player in this space. And they're, they're, I think they lend themselves more to um, been able to communicate with people through many more languages maybe than than Amazon can right now. You know, and Facebook will make a I think they will make a bigger move in this in this area as well. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out.
2: I definitely agree with what you're saying there, Mark. And I think that what we're seeing with kind of this evolution of search through voice search is really the perfection of search. Because when you think of traditional web searches, you know, you'll you'll search for something and then you'll get millions and tens of millions of responses to then sift through and find what you actually needed. With voice search, you don't have the time to, you know, have even 10, uh, you know, options listed to you. It's one answer and that's it. And so, for someone like Google, you know, that one answer has to be the right answer or their platform loses credibility. So, because of that, we're starting to see even more kind of uh, evolution into the algorithms and into, again, the context behind what's being asked. So, with voice search, we have people that are asking, you know, tell me about this thing. On the other side of the perfection of search, we have visual search, which is another very interesting topic that we can go into in another uh, podcast. But visual search is asking, what is this? So typically when you think of searching for information, you either know what you you want to learn more about, or you need to learn what something is and and you know about its existence in general. So with someone like Google, we see Google Lens, which is able to identify something like a billion products. And then we also have their voice search. Then you have someone like Pinterest, which does, you know, two and a half billion products with their visual search, but they don't have any voice search. So it's a lot more difficult to interact Then someone like Amazon and Alexa. They're able to do the voice search, but they don't necessarily have a visual search proponent just yet. So I think when we see the merging of both voice search as well as visual search, then we'll really see an even steeper climb in consumer adoption, because you'll be able to maybe carry around a lens or, for example, you have some smart glasses on and you say, hey, Google, what is that over there? And it'll say, oh, that's, you know, the new coat by whoever. And then you could say, tell me more about it. I want to purchase it. Things like that. So it really kind of completes the needs of the consumer when we're able to tie these two types of search together. And I think that's where we're heading.
1: It's great to know where we're headed so we can actually start today. And it's been great talking to the CEO of iProspect, Mark Fagan, and Global Director of Commerce and Voice from iProspect in Japan, Nate Chirilla. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Our thanks to our partners in The Irish Times and Dentsu Aegis Network and our studio partners here in Collaborative Studios Dublin. And to you, the listener, thanks for joining us. See you soon.